Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from Horizon West Church. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at horizonwestchurch.com. And if you're in the Horizon West area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now enjoy this podcast from Horizon West Church. Hey, Malquana. Good morning. Uh, I'm going to try to translate. How's everybody doing? And you're all looking very nice. That's good. And That's what good. else did you say? Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know the language. It's exciting <laughs> to see everyone here this morning. And uh, today we just want to take this opportunity to share with you guys what God has been doing and what God will continue to do uh, through the life and ministry of Horizon West, not only here in our city, but also around the world in Nigeria. About three months ago, our church commissioned us on mission um, to Nigeria, and uh, today we are here to give you a little bit of what God is doing and just to share the stories with you. And uh, so... And interpretive dance, so... <laughs> Uh, no. Oh, that's uh, not that part is, of it. Okay. It's not part of it. Okay, well, sorry about that. So, but we're going to give you a short two-hour video. And um, <laughs> so I hope, <laughs> just kidding, seven minutes. It's a little long, but seven minutes. Um, just sharing kind of the overview of what God has been doing in and through your prayers and your ministry and your support um, at Horizon West here and also globally. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, my name is William Kashuma. Hi, and I'm Shiloh Kashuma. I was born and raised in Nigeria. I went to college in Nigeria, and right after college, I had the opportunity to move to the United States as a missionary. There I met my wife, we got married, and we started pastoring a church together called Oasis Church in Winter Garden. And that was really an exciting experience. But in the process, when we started visiting Nigeria, we connect with some of my friends that we went to college together, and a a lot of them, about 15, 17 years later after graduating college, were still looking for jobs. And that was really, really hard for us to see. We experienced hearing from these intelligent people with innovative ideas and creativity within them, and yet most people were waiting for government jobs or any job in general, really putting resumes out, but there's just there just was nothing. And what we realized was, instead of teaching people how to get jobs, we could teach people how to create jobs. And so it birthed this passion in us to say, what is good news for the poor? And good news is food on the table and money in your wallet and healthcare for your children and school for your children. And so how could we be good news to people who needed this good news? And so really during COVID, and we've been doing social enterprises in Africa for you know years now, but during COVID we took an even bigger leap of faith and pursued just visiting. Uh, I think William went four or five times in that year and we began creating social impact opportunities and trainings and this led to an NGO or a 501c3 nonprofit called The Leader Team. So that has been birthed out of this season and really our mission and vision is to build communities by empowering leaders and creating jobs. And we do this with a focus on integrity 
We believe that if there's integrity at every form and every stage of leadership, along with the creativity and the ingenuity of um, entrepreneurship, that it can change an entire nation. In the last year and a half, we were able to create jobs for about 38 families. And, and we started really looking at this vision and going, you know, if we can teach people, instead of waiting for jobs, to start creating jobs, imagine how many jobs will be created. Yeah, and for each of those 38 people, in Nigeria, people are very codependent. People are very connected and unified. So for every one person that receives a sustainable long-term income, that impacts five to 10 people living in their household. And those could be children, those could be grannies, those could be aunties and uncles, those could be people that need healthcare, those could be people that need school, education, clean water, electricity. So essentially, that multiplies overnight. When you create an entrepreneur, and not only an entrepreneur, but a leader, with integrity, you change generations for entire communities. So our vision is that all people would lead well and live well, because you can live well, and if you're not leading well, then it destroys the living well. But if you lead well without living well, that's also a problem. So our passion is to help people escape the cycle of poverty, but also help them do it in a way that helps others on that journey as well. And it's exciting to hear some of the stories that really came out of these jobs that we're able to create. And uh, we're excited because most of the young people that we're working with in Nigeria, these are very gifted young people. These are very gifted entrepreneurs. They don't just have the resources to be able to move forward with their lives and start businesses and create sustainable jobs and income for their families. So we are really excited as the leader team to continue really training and empowering a lot of people. We do this in several ways. We focus on training, equipping and empowering young people, and not only young people, but people with the values of integrity in their leadership. So we do trainings, we partner with organizations and NGOs all over the city to do trainings at a large scale and also at a small scale. We also do train the trainer for other NGOs, other nonprofits who are wanting to make a greater social impact. We also will take for-profits and help them understand that transitioning into being an organization that cares about social impact is beneficial for them in the long run. And we also have a mentorship program. In this mentorship program, we're taking roughly 10 young entrepreneurs and we're teaching them how to, again, be leaders of integrity that also create jobs. If each of those 10 can create 10 jobs themselves, that's 100 sustainable long-term jobs. And each of those people represent five to 10, as we said and five to 10 people, I mean, you can impact generations with it. So just within the last two months, through our training and mentorship program, in partnership with a nonprofit organization in Nigeria, we were able to train over 500 people. And these are people that really are very passionate about not just looking for jobs, they want to create jobs, not just for themselves, but their dream and their passion is to be able to create jobs for other people. We believe that this is the commission that Jesus gave us to go and make disciples of all nations. We have to move discipleship from the church into the marketplace and meet people right where they are and empower them. As the leader team, we're envisioning a new hope, a new future for so many people. Imagine being a mom or a dad. We have a six-year-old and a three-year-old and imagine not being able to put food on the table for them. Imagine not being able to send your children to school because you don't have 
300 Naira in school fees. Imagine the stress, the worry, the anxiety of a parent, and here we have this opportunity to help parents and their young ones grow up and not only learn how to make money for themselves, but how to, how to create sustainable livings for those around them. Over the next year, we are going full force ahead. We have recently uh, just signed contract for our new space, our new building. Uh, we have roughly 11, 12, 13 rooms that we're using not only as a training facility for other people in the community, but also as an opportunity to be an incubator for small businesses and entrepreneurs. And not just any entrepreneurs or any businesses, but people that are living out biblical principles in their leadership. And so as we move forward, uh, we are our goals are big, our vision is crazy, and we are excited about what God is doing. And so we hope you would join with us. Yeah, we just want to invite you to uh, be on this journey with us and just to see how lives will be touched and communities will be transformed through your prayer and your generosity and, and just being part of what God is doing here in Nigeria uh, with us. So we're super excited. Amen. Amen. So in Matthew 28, um, verse 19 and 20, uh, Jesus gave the disciples this uh, great commission, we call it. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, it's a promise, I am with you always to the very end of age. Uh, today, I want to share with you how our church here, Horizon West, is engaging this mission that Jesus gave us, not only within our city here, but also in Nigeria. Because when Jesus says something, we as a church, we say yes, and we do it. And we are so thankful for the leadership of this church and all of us to say yes to the command of Jesus and how we're doing it. So today we want to share with you how that is happening in Nigeria. So we're gonna take a quick step back and we're gonna tell you a little bit about the country of Nigeria so you kind of have some context around the work that we're doing as a church. Uh, so first you'll see on the screen just a map of the world and you see, of course, America, which we're familiar with, and then the little green one um, on the right is Nigeria. And what we wanted to do was give you some kind of context as to the size of Nigeria in comparison to what we know here in the United States. So we took the U.S. and we overlaid it with the continent of Africa. You can see the little blue outline of Nigeria and kind of the size comparison. Um, and what we also did to make it even more clear is we took Nigeria and we overlaid it onto US, the U.S. And so you can actually see how many states it would kind of cover if it were here. Um, it's roughly about 11% the size of the United States. Nigeria has a population of about 206 million people. Um, in comparison to United States, United States is about 326 point something uh, million people. So if you look at the, the land mass in comparison to the United States, you will see that it's densely populated, like it's crowded. So you can be in a marketplace, or you can be in the city center, and you can just see P 
people Thousands. all over. <laughs> um, so it's, 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 it's densely populated. Now, come to religion, depending on where you are in Nigeria, uh, but statistics said it's about 45% in general, 45% Islam, uh, 51% Christianity, and the remaining 3% other religions. Now, depending on where you are in Nigeria, if you're in the northern part of Nigeria, 98 to 95% uh, Muslims, uh, Islam. So that is where you hear a lot of persecution because uh, the church there uh, is not big and the little church that is there faced a lot of persecution. Uh, if you're in the south, uh, 80 I mean, 98 to 99% is Christianity. And then if you're in the middle, that is where I was born, and that is where we're doing ministry right now. We have one of our locations, which just for safety, I'm not going to mention the name of the city, but up north, we have one of our businesses there. Uh, but our office right now is located right in the middle. And the middle of Nigeria is about 50-50. It's about 50% Islam and 50% uh, Christianity. Actually, Nigeria is considered one of the most religious countries in the world. And so um, it's less about uh, conversion and more about transformation. How has this gospel on Sunday mornings changed and transformed the way you live and the way you do business and the way you lead? And that's kind of our sweet spot of where, we're, where we are. But we talk about jobs. We talk about escaping the cycle of poverty. So it's important to look at the unemployment rate. So the unemployment rate in Nigeria right now in 2021 is roughly 32.5%, um, projected to be 33% in 2022. And in comparison to the United States, we're roughly 4% right now. Um, our highest since the Great Depression was in about April of 2020 in the midst of COVID, which was running roughly uh, 14%. So if you can see, comparatively, uh, Nigeria runs a steady double our worst days here. Um, so that's kind of employment. <laughs> yeah. Now, our mission uh, as the leader team is to build community by empowering leaders and creating jobs. And how do we do that? So we start businesses in Nigeria to create jobs for people um, to create sustainable income. So in the video, we talked about 38 people. And uh, as of today, we are more than that because last week we were able to hire four more people, so the number has moved to 38 to about 42 now as of today. So God is moving, uh, and we are so thankful for that. And on the other side, we say, okay, we can create, we can start businesses and create jobs, but it's just us, right? When I say us, this community here that is doing that, but also how can we teach other people to create their own businesses and also create jobs. So we're doing these two things. We have our businesses that we started to create jobs and also we're empowering other people, entrepreneurs that go, you know, we want to create our own jobs. We want to start our own business. So we come alongside them and we say, okay, how do we teach you to do that but also create jobs? And we, we give, you know, people ask, so how, how do they start jobs? How do they start businesses if they don't have resources? So we come alongside, we say, we'll give you training, but also we'll provide grants for you to be able to start your business, and we we'll provide coaching and training 
over a long period of time. So this is not like, hey, here is Grant, start your business. We're looking at three, five years commitment where we journey with them and we monitor the growth of their businesses, how they can scale it and how they can continue to grow it and create sustainable income for themselves, but also create jobs for other people. Now, why is this important? We can just go and give grants and say, hey, start your own business. Why do we have to have a business alongside giving grants? When we look at the life of Jesus, when we look at the life of Jesus, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, which we're going to do very soon, Christmas. We celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus, which is Easter. But what is missing is we don't celebrate the ministry of Jesus, the life of Jesus here. You know, why Jesus Club, you know, he doesn't have to come and live with us here for 33 years and give three years of his life doing ministry with the disciples. He's God. He could have done whatever he wanted. But he chose to be with us and do life with us, his ministry. He set an example for us. He taught us how to live every single day. Day. And I was just saying, if you look at my ministry, if you look at my life, I'm pointing you to something, how you need to live your lives. So our business is the same model. We're going, we, we can just give you grant, but we want to do this with you. We want to set an example where you can look at our businesses, you can look at our life and go, man, this is Christ-centered life. This is Christ-centered business. And we're pointing people to that, and we're teaching them how to do business with integrity, and we love, right? So the writer of Hebrews said this to us in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. He said, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with us, but we have one who sympathizes with us in our weaknesses because he undergoes every kind of temptation, but he did not sin. In other words, whatever we're experiencing today, Jesus experienced the same thing. And we can look at his life and we can learn from him. At the same model, we're in Nigeria, when we're in Nigeria and we talk about business with integrity, people will say to us, you guys, I'm Nigerian, but I've been in the United States for many years and my wife is American. So people can go, what? what are you talking about integrity if you don't have we go we understand because our businesses are going through the same thing we know that there's corruption we know that it's hard to run businesses in Nigeria but with the power of the Holy Spirit we can do this and we're not just telling you what to do but we can do this together so why this why entrepreneurship? Why helping people escape the cycle of poverty when there's so many great ways to invest time, money, resources missionally? Um, it probably helps to um, hear a little bit about where we come from. You know, William came to the U.S. as a missionary. Lord knows we need it. And um, I have also done missions in about 14 countries and development work. And one of the things that we learned um, through all of this, is that we've been involved with everything from orphanages to feeding projects, um, to child sponsorship, to skills training programs. And what we realized is when we talk about the cycle of poverty, it 
physically is a cycle. It's not just about making under a certain amount of money and you're just kind of there, like you landed in poverty one day, right? They talk about it as a cycle because at any point uh, you can solve something, but two steps down the road, it might, uh, they, there's other things that cause the poverty to continue. So an example of this is um, orphanages, which we love, and like my heart is with the babies. <laughs> and I would go multiple times growing up. We, I grew up in California. We went to Mexico all the time, and you visit the orphanages, and you paint the buildings, and you do the VBS, and you give the beanie babies, and you dress up as clowns, and do the stuff. And my question always, and I think the one thing that the Lord always challenged me with is, what happens after you leave? You know, it was great, it was fun, they had, it's great to give kids an opportunity to play, but like, are those kids alive in two weeks? Um, are, is it good news when it's good news for a moment, but, you know, like the story of the Great Samaritan, what happens in two years for that baby? What happens in two years for that single mom or that dad who's struggling to provide for his family? What happens? And I continued to be involved overseas and traveling and um, serving and volunteering, and I began to have this, what I call like a healthy frustration or righteous frustration with, Lord, what are we doing? How do we do better, you know? How do we make a bigger impact? Um, how do we really be the hands and feet of Jesus and come alongside our brothers and sisters all over the world? And so I started thinking of, what if we created training programs? Now, I've been involved with these as well, but, you know, once you have a kid go into an orphanage and maybe they get Western education and, um, you know, then they get out. And oftentimes what I would see in Mozambique, I'm sure you saw this, um, as well. Um, when we were at this orphanage in Mozambique, we would watch these children who would grow up through the orphanage, and uh, that's all they knew, and, you know, they would get taken off the streets where kids on the streets were still scrambling, you know, they're, they're uh, what do you call it, kind of scruffy, gritty. They would go out, and they would, you know, uh, fish. They'd get a fish, and then they'd go sell it in the market, and then they'd take that money and get two, uh, you know, two fish, and then they would sell two, and then they would grow like that, and they got this kind of scrappy mentality to live and to survive, and, um, but then the kids that went into the orphanage um, were pulled out of that. They didn't have to learn to survive. They didn't have to be scrappy anymore. They got three meals a day. They were loved on. They were cared for. They got great education, but then when their secondary school or high school was finished, um, there was nothing, and there were no jobs anyways, and then they didn't develop a skill set or a kind of a scrappiness to make it in the marketplace. And, you know, kids would get 18 years old and you'd see them sneaking back into the orphanage just to find food. Or you'd ask the kids sneaking back in, like, what, where was your last meal? And they'd be like, I, I don't remember. Where are you sleeping at night? In the trees. The little girls would sleep in the trees so they don't get raped at night. Like, so we're like, there's something broken. So the cycle continues, right? We create a solution and the cycle continues. So then we're going, okay, what if there's this transitional home? with trainings and skills-based trainings for young people. And then when they graduate there, they have like, they, can, they get small, you know, they get to start a business, right? But then you have, again, the cycle of poverty goes, maybe you have a government official or someone who's not getting paid, right? You have police officers who come and say, look, if you don't give me two fish for breakfast this morning, I'm gonna shut you down. Or if you don't give me this, like you need to give me a bribe or you have to have this right paperwork to stay in business and these young people don't have that and so their business is shut down. So then we go, okay, you know, the orphanage doesn't solve the problem, but if we do an orphanage, we also need to do training and then if we do training, we also need to deal with co corruption, right? Simple problem, you know, something we can all do in a lifetime. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just solve the, you know. And one thing we found is it's easy for us to polarize things. It's easy to demonize governments and say they're corrupt and they're bad. But we began to look at 
What happens when you take a person who was raised, born and raised in poverty, and all of a sudden they become an elected official, and they know they have a certain time period where they have a salary and they have money and they have income, and now they have 10 spots available to fill with workers. So instead of filling it with someone who's qualified and educated, who knows how to create town planning and do roads and electricity, they put their children and their children's children, their names on the salary, and they begin collecting the money and putting it away in bank accounts overseas because they're afraid that at the end of the day, when they lose this position, they don't know if their grandbabies are going to get food the next day. And so ultimately, it's a poverty syndrome. Ultimately, every single part of it, it it creates this huge cycle. And so we said, if we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus, and we're going to be the church to the community, and people are going to look at us and say, that is the kind, whatever God you serve, that is the God I want. The God that cares about my grandbabies eating, that is the kind of God I want. And so we said, what can we do? We can do the trainings. We can create jobs, right? We can give them startup funding once they've been through training. And then we can also work on changing generations by talking about integrity, not just in the here and now for the short-term outcome, but also if we can get people in the bandwagon of, I can choose integrity and not bribe and not threaten and not take money that's not mine and steal and cheat and deceive because it doesn't serve, it might serve in the moment to do that, but it doesn't serve my grandkids' grandkids. And if we can get people to believe that and to be on board with that, we can change generations. And eventually one of those people is going to get elected in an official position. And that can change the world. So we have chosen this because, number one, it's good missions. It is the gospel to the poor. And number two, because it helps um, bridge those gaps in the cycle of poverty in a more holistic way. And today we want you to meet one of the ladies that has been part of our training. Her name is Peace, and uh, Charlotte is going to share with you her story, which is just incredible, of um, just a little bit, you guys can see a little bit of what you are doing in the city or in the country of Nigeria, in the city of Abuja. So Peace was a young girl, 26, that we met in our trainings. She came to many of our trainings, and eventually we were like, who is this girl and what is her story? So we called her and we're like, would you come sit down, have some coffee with us and share with us who you are and why you're here and what makes you who you are? And peace is, we live in Abuja. It's uh, the big city and it's, you know, it's kind of like Nashville or New York. It's like the place everybody wants to go. You know, (laughs) I've made it big when I get there. And peace was raised in the village. She was a little girl in the village, um, born and raised by a single mother. And in Nigeria and society, being born to a single mother is not looked at highly. And they lived together, you know, they struggled together. And eventually her mom met and married um, her husband. And she was a little nervous about bringing a daughter into the situation since it was not looked at well as having a child out of wedlock. So uh, Peace was raised with her grandparents while her mother had a husband and began to build her own family. So they had four kids, and Peace was raised by her incredible grandparents who taught her how to have integrity, how to go out there and make ends meet. So this little girl tried to go to school, and school uh, is, we mentioned in the video, 300 Naira. And 300 Naira It's roughly about 500 Naira, which is their dollars, for one U.S. dollar. 
And school fees are often difficult for children. So 300 naira can keep a kid out of school and on the streets begging. But she was determined to not let that be her future. So she began to go into the market and she would sew. She taught herself to sew. She would go into the streets and sell clothing to people on the streets and get her school fees so that she could go to school. She took her grandfather's last name. She didn't know any other life other than being scrappy and, and following her grandparents' example. Eventually, her grandfather passed away, and her grandmother could not look after her, so she sent her back to her mother and her, her mother's husband and four children. She was kind of seen as like the illegitimate child that just stepped into their home, but she was determined to overcome that by loving those kids like they were her own. So she loved them in the midst of everything. She honored her stepfather in every way to the point to where when she became, when she got out of secondary school, they were calling her when she funded herself to university and they were begging her to change her last name to her stepfather's last name because she had become such an, a part of their family. But through that, Peace learned that there's a lot of needs in the world. And in the middle of university, uh, she began a she would still sew, and she would go to the marketplace, but she also began to realize that all the little girls that grew up like her that had nothing uh, need, need some help. So one of her first things was feminine products. So she uh, began to take the money that she was earning through her fashion design, and she would buy feminine products. And on her days off, she would go into the streets, and she would watch the little kids that were in the marketplace selling or begging. And any little girls, she knew that they weren't in school because if they were out during school hours, they weren't in school. So she would pull them aside, give them sanitary napkins, and teach them how to use these things because she also knew that many of them might not be in school because of not having ways to have uh, hand hygiene, I was going to say, mm -hmm. sanita sanitization, hygiene. So Peace, at a young age, began taking her funds and everywhere she goes, she keeps extra sanitary napkins in her bag to support any little girl she sees on the street. She graduated from university. She worked her way up to the big city. She now has a management position at a waste management company. So this beautiful girl who sews all her clothes and has this nonprofit gig on the side that she's running for thousands of little girls. And she's provided textbooks and scholarship money. And she's also running all the trash trucks that go around <laughs> the neighborhood. And uh, we met her and we were so inspired by her integrity and by her ingenuity and yet she has this passion and this business in the back of her mind that she cannot pursue because she's busy running someone else's company for very little wages. And these are the type of people that we work with, not people that we have to create something new and we have to teach them something that they, they have no integrity and we've got to, you know, teach them that. Like, they are people that are fighting with every ounce of their being to make their community a better place, and yet they've had no one or nothing to help them. Kind of, someone said this to us the other day, it's kind of like fertilizer. Imagine, she's been cutting her grass on her own. What if she had a little fertilizer? What if you take people that have been fighting to do the good work, and you say, I'm gonna mentor you, I'm gonna give you startup costs, and I'm gonna empower you in the vision that you've already been doing in your community. And that's exactly the type of people we work with. Yeah. So in 2022, uh, we are going to have 10 to 15 people like Peace that will be mentoring and discipling alongside with our business and teaching them basic biblical principles, and, which are business principles, <laughs> on how to 
to start but also run business with integrity, create sustainable income for herself, but also a channel for other people to get jobs. And uh, so we're really excited about that now. Quick, let me jump in. I forgot one thing. Peace has started uh, giving money to women in the villages to start up their entrepreneurial practice. Right. And she's also started funding little girls going to school. And actually on November 25th, she has a project called the Dare Woman Initiative. And she is daring her country to fund 1,000 little girls staying in school. So her project is $2,500, and this is a 26-year-old girl who's had no backing, no support, no one from the outside. And we're like, the, <laughs> like we're honored to sit with people like this, but this is the kind of the work that we're doing, supporting local people to continue to do the work of the gospel. Yeah. In Luke chapter 4, uh, verse 1, the Bible says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So 40 days, 40 nights, Jesus was tempted. And then after the temptation, uh, verse 14, they said, um, the Bible said, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. So he was led to the wilderness to be tempted. He returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, Holy Spirit, and he began to teach, preach this good news. And then Jesus said to the disciples, look, we, we, we said this in the book of Acts, uh, Jesus said, you receive power when the Holy Spirit come on you, and you will be my witnesses. So we see in the life of Jesus that whenever Jesus is moved in the Spirit, he will bring good news, right? Led to the wilderness when he was filled with the Holy Spirit, then in Galilee, returned to Galilee, in the power of the Spirit, began to teach. So it's always like power moved, power he goes. And Jesus said to the disciples, he said, that's what the Holy Spirit is going to do with you too. You'll be filled with the Holy Spirit, and out of that, you're going to move, and you're going to bring this good news, not only in Jerusalem, but in Judea, to the ends of the earth. You're going to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. And what we do as a church, we're doing it because we're a church that is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're commissioned to move and to go and to touch lives and to bring this good news of Jesus into the marketplace. And like we said, good news is different for different people. And for some of us here, yes, our church commissioned us to do this work in Nigeria. But for some of us seated here this morning, you have this power of the Holy Spirit and you're going to move. Not probably, maybe you won't get on a plane and go to Nigeria. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit will move you to witness in your school. The Holy Spirit will move you in your job. Hospital, school, business, bank, wherever you find yourself, if you're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, what comes out of that is good news. 
flow. And I think the question for all of us is, what's good news for the lonely? What's good news for the single mom next door? What is good news for the tired teacher and the overworked principal? What's good news for the soccer coach who just got a divorce? And that's the question the Lord leaves us with. The good news is received differently everywhere. And we get the opportunity to be that right here, live missionally in our own community and around the world. Yeah. We want so, to tell you guys. Yeah, go ahead. Two ways to, you, can, you can be involved and engaged. Yeah. Um, I know you guys heard about the leader team. Uh, if you want to read more about the leader team, which is the nonprofit here that is doing the work in Nigeria, um, you can go to our website. It's called theleaderteam.org. Um, you can see the videos and some of the trainings and all that we're doing. But also, you know, a lot of you, um, you've been asking, we love what God is doing through our church. How can we be a part of that? So we have um, a page called the leaderteam.org slash Horizon West. Uh, there you can find a list of things. Um, you want to tell us more yeah, about Yeah, there's two sections. Uh, the top section is about meeting a need. So uh, there are several needs that you can meet. On the left, you're going to see some very physical needs uh, that we need met. Uh, one of those right off the bat is cars or SUVs. The roads are pretty rough terrain there, but we don't have cars. We borrow cars while we're there, and to do this work and to do it well, to get out to the villages, we need vehicles. Um, so if you know someone that's getting rid of something or you know someone that wants to donate, that is a way you can do that as well. Others have asked if there's actual physical things they can donate. Uh, we are sending a crate. We're shipping a crate to Nigeria um, between the first and second week of December um, because it takes several months to get there. Um, and if there are things that you'd like to donate in that first section on the left, there is an Amazon list of needs that we have. That one's a pretty fast turnaround time because we have to fill that crate and we have to send it out right away. Um, if we get it after that, we only take our suitcases. So um, if you want to provide a physical need or maybe you're like, oh, I have some of this at home, uh, you're welcome to give that you know, as well. Um, things like pens and pencils and paper are often four to five times the cost of what they are in the U.S. due to import fees. So you could take a peek there. In the middle, it'll tell you just about um, how you can donate financially to our annual funding. We're raising funds right now to help us to last the whole year there. And then third, on the right-hand side, we have an opportunity for you. If you have um, just a passion for prayer, or maybe you're new to prayer, and you're like, you know what, I would love to explore <laughs> this idea of praying for you guys. Um, we engage with this group a little bit more than just like a newsletter. A newsletter you can also sign up for, but this is if you really are like, you know what, I want to hear the biggest needs all the way to just the most intimate needs. Uh, one of those examples is our daughter had malaria while we were there, 104 temperature. And we were like, oh crud, how do we get prayer warriors, you know? So we just posted on Facebook and immediately people started praying and she turned around overnight and it was scary. Um, but this team is the type of people that we would call on for that kind of prayer. So if you'd like to engage in that level of prayer, it's a confidential list. Um, you're welcome to do that. And then when you scroll to the bottom of the page, there's also ways to get involved. On the left side, you can learn more about serving. We've had quite a few people come to us and say, hey, I would love to go. Um, let us know you'd like to go. We don't have a date planned yet. We want to kind of get a picture of who's actually interested. And then we can kind of talk to you guys one-on-one uh, -on -one 
about when we could create a trip if you're interested. Um, so go ahead and let us know there. And then in the middle column, uh, you can, we actually have a special opportunity. If you are a young adult and trying to figure out your next steps in life, but you're like, you know what, I could take a few months or a semester and I would love to intern internationally. Uh, we have a little form there you can fill out and we would love to learn more about you and uh, where your heart is with your future and what God is doing and just get to know you and see if that's an opportunity as well. Uh, thank you for being with us. Can I pray with us and uh, the team will lead us in worship. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you invited us to be a part of bringing the good news to the ends of the earth. Our job is to say yes and to bring the news, but you are the one that brings the transformation. Yes, Father. Holy Spirit, we ask that you move in us and before us and begin to touch lives and make way for us so that lives will be touched and communities will be changed. We thank you for Horizon West Church. We thank you for our family here. We thank you for a missional church, a church that is so passionate and so loving and so caring about the Great Commission. And today we just want to humble ourselves before you and say thank you, God. Yes, thank you for allowing us and giving us this opportunity to serve you not only here in Horizon West, Winter Garden area, but also in Nigeria and many other places that God, you're sending us as a church. Yes, Father. And I pray today, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his light shine upon you and may he be gracious to you today, tomorrow, and forevermore. And all God's people say, Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Horizon West Church Podcast. If you were inspired or encouraged by something you heard today, share it with a friend. For more information like our service time, location, and other info, be sure to visit us online at horizonwestchurch.com. Have a great week.